Okay, so three weeks ago, we, we was talking about uh, uh, the reward of faithfulness. So we're, we're going to get back into it. I'm not going to do a lot of review um, uh, just for the sake of what we have to talk about today. Let's go to Luke 16, Luke 16. The reward of uh, faithfulness. This would be good uh, in light of some things we've been talking about in the morning, some different conversations I've been having. Had a lot of conversations uh, with a lot of wonderful people. All right, let's get to uh, Luke 16, and we're going to start here at verse 10. Luke 16, verse 10. So, so before I get into Luke 16, verse 10, like, uh, uh, y'all see that? You see that shift, did y'all? So <laughs> I picked it up, so I just to make sure I was obedient to the shift. Uh, so we're talking about faithfulness, and, and, you know, I was just kind of meditating through some things we were talking about in the morning. We were, I think the other week we were talking about um, children of Israel. And uh, me and my wife was talking about this and how the whole 40 years, you know, we always talk about it's an 11-day journey, but it took them 40 years, right? And so one of the things the Lord was showing me was like, so during the 40 years, what was happening? Pastor Mel jumped right up in there. She said, you see her face. Y'all didn't see her face. Complaining and murmuring, right? But, But that was a part that was complaining and murmuring, but... The people that actually ended up, because they ended up in the promised land, right, Gerard? So the people that ended up in the promised land was in the wilderness for 40 years, right? I mean, some of them won the whole 40 years because of their age, right? Right? But some, somebody lasted 40 years, right? At least what? Joshua and Caleb, right? All right, so, so what do you think was going on in the, in the, in the wilderness all that time besides the murmuring and complaining? Some people probably was thinking about quitting, right? Right? You know, some of the complaint probably was, mm-hmm, you've been saying that for the last 20 years, right? Right? Some, some of that was going on, right? But, but there was also encouragement going on, right? There was people at a tent, looked sad and despairing. Somebody came to them and was like, listen, man, remember what God promised us, Right? There were some people running around doing things they wasn't supposed to be doing. That's what took, made it take longer than it was supposed to, right? So they had to get refocused. Some people had to go through stuff for five, six, seven years to realize they weren't supposed to be doing it so they can get back in line to get back up that momentum, right? That took place too, right? Some people did stuff for 15 years that they weren't supposed to be doing, right? Because all this happens in our, our wilderness, right? And so, so, but to get to the promised land through all that, you had to be faithful, right? But you had to, you couldn't just be faithful in a moment. You had to hold on to your faithfulness, right? Right? So I was thinking through that. Then I was reading through, uh, just decided to reset some of my recommended daily allowance. And so I was reading through uh, Hebrews. That's one of Hebrews 11. The whole chapter is faithfulness. When you get a chance, just go back and read through Hebrews. I mean, we know it's the faith chapter, 
But think about it. It's talking about faith. It's talking about Enoch who was and was not, right? It's talking about without. It says, it said that they, they, he was taken because the Bible says he pleased God. So he had to be faithful. Well, we know this because it says without faith is impossible to please God. So he had to be full of that faith, which is faithful, right? Right. So then it goes on and starts talking about Sarah and Abraham. So it's going through. And then it gets to a point. It says time will not permit for us to talk about Gideon and some of the other people. But what it said, how people uh, took down kingdoms, right? The, the things that they believed for, the things that they had to be faithful for in the midst of uncertainty, right? When you get a chance, you know, maybe if we have time, we'll read, we'll read through that, the end part. I was meditating on that. So, so, all right, so then that brings us to Luke 10. Luke 16, verse 10. Sorry about that. It says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Mm, interesting. So if I'm, if I'm consistently faithful in least, I'm going to be faithful in much. But if I, if I can't handle the little things, I'm not going to be able to handle the big things. So God's measure is not when you get to the big stuff. It's how you handle the little stuff, right? It says... Uh, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in the much. How do you know how I'm going to be when I get there? You know, I might change. Oh, no, 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 no. You're going to be the way you are now with the little stuff. <laughs> so God is measuring us now in the little, not waiting till we get. You know how you say, well, once I get there, I'm going to be straight. No, 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 no. Are you, are you straight now? Are you faithful now, right? I mean, y'all can see that through the scripture. Can you see that through the scripture? All right. And it says, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So it's saying, don't look for your own if you haven't been faithful in somebody else's. But if you're faithful in somebody else's, look for your own. Can you see that in the scripture? Or am I making that up? Can you, can you see that? Okay, I'll read it again. Maybe, maybe, maybe it reads different if you do it twice. It says, if you have not been faithful, faithful, right? Sameness regardless of circumstances. In that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So you know how you skip over another man's because you're looking for your own? Well, you're only going to get there and be sent back to be faithful in another man. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you're not on the list. Have you been faithful in another man's? Oh, no, I mean, I spent some time. I, you know, I, was, I, was, I hovered around for a while. I did a couple of things. I did some, some pretty major stuff. Now, that's not what I asked you. Have you been faithful in another man's? Did you skip the line? <laughs> like, like, how'd you even get here? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go back and complete your faithfulness in another man's. Right? You, can you see that in the scripture? All right? That's verse 12. I know I skipped verse 11. Sorry about that. All right, so you, you've been faithful over a few things. Pastor Mellon says that good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a few things. We read that uh, earlier when we read through um, Matthew when he gave out the talents, and the, the, the five talents, the two talents, and, and the one talent. 
but the person that had the five talents doubled it. The person that had the two talents doubled it. The person that had the one talent stored it. So when he came back, the person that had five talents says, you know, hey, good and faithful, enter into the joy of the Lord. As it says, so I'll make you rule over many things. He said the same thing to the guy that had two because he doubled it. So the guy that had five and the guy that had two, one had less than the other, but doubled it just like the other. So even the person that had one, if the, the person would have came back with two, he would have got the same reward as the person that had five and two. Does that make sense? Right? But it was, it was how, what, they did, what the person did with what they had. So they got something and they took it and they reproduced twice as much as what they got. So I, they was given a responsibility. And when they came back, they, the, the, they had created something that other people can even benefit from. Right? Can you see that? I so I was thinking through this uh, when we was reading this morning through Numbers 27. So Numbers 27, 20, uh, let's go there real quick. We was reading through this this morning, and this really pricked me. That's why I like reading through the Bible in the morning with Bible Study Fellowship. I, I'll say this as we keep growing uh, don't cheat yourself through the benefits of growing by missing out on the benefits of fellowship. So much we can get from fellowship and so much we don't get in isolation. Right? All right, so uh, Numbers 27, 20. We get so much in the morning on fellowship. I know I do. All right, says, uh, so, so, so now... Joshua's name to succeed Moses, right? And Moses is given some instructions. You know, you know, he's told to go to the mountain. But verse 20 here says, and thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him. Who's the him? Joshua, right? It says that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. Obedient to what? to God's instructions that he gives through Joshua, right? Because Joshua is the spiritual authority now, right? So what he told him, he says, Joshua is basically saying Joshua's been faithful because we know Joshua's just served Moses. So he says, put some of your honor on him and part into him. He's been faithful in another man. Now it's time for him to have his own authority. He says, but I want you to impart that into him so pretty much, just like they follow, another passage says, just like they follow you, God was talking to Joshua in another passage. He says, just like they follow Moses, I want them following you. I don't want it to miss a beat. But why was God comfortable with doing that? Because of Joshua's faithfulness, right? So his reward was to have his own authority. A lot of times we, well, I don't want nobody listening to me, you know. Remember, I was talking to some leaders one time. I was like, well, I need you to tell them. I said, no, I can tell them whatever they want. Because you haven't been faithful, they ain't going to follow you. Right? (laughs) They ain't going to follow you because you haven't submitted to authority. If you don't submit to authority, people won't follow your authority. And so Pastor Mel said something. I believe it was this morning. If it wasn't this morning, it was yesterday. She said, we could be on the brink of what God wants to overwhelm us with. She says, but when we lose hope, it causes it to halt, right? You said that, right? Um, 
And then she said, our faith releases the unseen. And so I was thinking through that because that's, that's a, a, a process of faithfulness. So I'm faithful, but I get to a, 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 an uncertainty or an intimidating place, a place where I don't know if I want to move forward. You know, it could be because of the circumstances, could be because I'm weary and well-doing. I could lose hope. But if I lose hope, I can cause it to halt. But then I say I knew that wasn't going to happen, but it didn't happen because what? I lost faith, right? And so, so I was thinking through this. I was talking to my niece today, and, you know, and so sometimes I get into conversations and, and I realize this person doesn't know this information about me or what I went through. So I was walking her through some of my growing through ministry. And when I was sharing some of the stories, I said, I said, well, you know, a lot of family don't know a lot of what our process do. Not because it's a secret, it's just no one asks, and in some cases, maybe no one cared. Um, and in some cases, just conversation never came up, right? You got all those different levels. So I was walking her through some, she, she was like, Uncle Keith. She was like, I, 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 well, I'm saying this respectfully, I'm not gonna say the detail, I want nobody to feel, but she was like, I don't know how you, <laughs> she said, I don't know how you, uh, uh, lasted that long. That's what she said. She says, I don't know how you, because when you grow through uh, gifting, calling, ministry, it costs something. You know, whether it's intentional or unintentional, it costs something. And so she was like, well, I don't, she says, well, how did you, how did you grow through that? I said, well, how did David grow through it? I said, David helped me through it. That's why I said, David in the Bible. I said, I learned a lot from David, right? Um, and, you know, so I, as I was telling her stuff, she was like, I just don't know how you process through all that. Well, you have moments where the adversary is trying to tempt you to be hopeless. But you can't, that's when it starts. See, it's not, you know, old, old, old story. I think I've been sharing this since youth. When I was working on being, uh, I was preparing for a tryout and they told me, you have to make a certain amount of shots in a row, like foul shots. Best out of 100. Well, I wanted to make 100. And so I always practice foul shots left and right hand. So, so this one day I'm, I'm shooting shots and I'm shooting, you know, and what I would do is I wouldn't do one, two, three, four. I would do, you know, Tony elbow, you know, I had a, you know, I have a little thing where I dribble and when I come back from the dribble, I reverse spin the ball. It, it just had to happen. It just happened. I never practiced. So dribble, dribble, and then shoot, right? So, so one shot, one shot, one shot. So I would go ones, 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 but the ones are adding up, but I got to do the same thing over and over and over. Step up, and I'm thinking one. When I finish that, step up, not one, two, three, four. So I got to 51. Guy comes in the gym. He says, how many shots you make? I was like, 51. So now, remember I was doing one, one, one. So he's going, so now, and, and nobody's around. I'm about business up in here. You know, I know, so he comes in, I said 51. So he's like, 51? So I was like, 52. Now I'm, I'm, I'm smiling, I'm, I'm relaxed, 53, 54. This is, this, is, this, is, this is how I'm doing it now. So I'm not doing what I was doing. So I got to like 61 and I missed. Well, what happened? Right, but I changed my focus, right? 
I, so, so, so I got off of focus. I had to stay locked in the focus. We was talking. He told me, he's, I, I didn't put in my notes, but the Holy Spirit heard what you said, so he's adding it into the notes. So we were talking, and I uh, had a conversation with a gentleman this week, and was trying to minister, share with him, encourage him. And I said, you know what? Something I learned a long time ago, what I learned through basketball, and it helps me in ministry. Learn a lot through basketball. Every, when I first started playing, I'm, I'm young to the game, right? So I just want to be good. I want to make shots, right? So I, I make shots. So now that I'm making shots, and people go, okay, Keith's making shots. Or, you know, I started uh, lifting a little bit of weights, had a little bit of arms. They said, Keith bought some arms from Food Town. That was a, you remember Food Town? Uh, it was one of the supermarkets. They said, Keith, I went to Food Town and bought some arms, you know, <laughs> right? So, because I was always a little skinny kid, right? And so, but now I'm, I'm making shots. So I'm just happy I'm making shots. So I'm playing in the game, and I would like, I like to win. I, everything I do, I like to win. So, so I'm focused, and I'm playing against this guy, and I like playing defense because I used to add up my steals every day. You know, I'm a Washington fan. I had an Elvin Hayes poster, and I would come home and write down the steals that I had that day, you know, in the playground. It was just in the playground. So, so I would, you know, we call it taking your lunch money. So I take your lunch money, you know, and I record that. So... This particular day, I'm playing against a guy. I'm playing defense. I'm focused. I'm locked in. You're not getting nothing, you know. And then, you know, but I'm, and I'm making shots, and I'm stealing the ball. So then I relaxed a little bit, and I said, uh, I was like, he ain't going to make that shot. And so he makes the shot. It's way early in the game, you know, way early in the game. So we, go, we get through the game. We end up losing the game. You know what we lost the game by? That one shot. And I was like. Man, so that means I got to be focused all the time. So then I, I go to this other court because I was working on my game. So I would go to different courts. Stay with me here. I would go to different courts that nobody knew me because I'm trying to be good. So I figure if it's uncomfortable, then it's, I'm going to get better. But I go to this court one day, and everywhere I went, I was like, is everybody professional? Like, I'm in the hood, but I'm like, it seemed like everybody was pros. You know, my wife said, were well, you doing drugs at that time? <laughs> but, but, but seriously, it was like everybody was making all the right moves. And, and I was like, these guys are phenomenal, right? And so I realized every time I came down the court, every trip down the court, whether I'm playing offense or defense, was important. Like I couldn't waste a trip. Like I couldn't just go down and like, ah, eh, whatever happens, happens. If I make it, I make it. No, no. I had to do the right thing, like especially when I was playing against tough competition, the game's on the line. I was the first person that gives up. The first person that, that uh, what the Bible calls it in, in, in Hebrews 12, 3, don't faint in your mind. The first person that faints, the word faint means to give up in, in the Greek. First person that faints in their minds lose the game. And I used to see it. I said, I used to like, so I had to train myself. I won't be the first. I, when, the, when the clock hits zeros, that's when I'm relaxing. But I'm locked in through the entire time. And so I found myself winning special games, you know, making tough shots because I stayed locked in. Give you one more example, and this is going to fit in. Uh, so I told you I played chess. And so... And I, I'm sure I've shared this story before, but I, 
I played uh, this particular day, this guy was a chess master. We was working in corrections. So up to that point, I rarely ever lost. And so I'm playing this guy, and we start playing, and he turns around. And I'm like, why is this guy turning away from me? He starts playing two other people, two other youth. We was working in corrections. And I'm looking, like, I felt I was good enough where you need to focus on me. And so he's playing to other people, so I'm like, okay, it's like that. So, so I'm figuring I'm going to show him why you needed to focus on me. Oh, no, 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 he beat all three of us. Wow. And so I was like, oh, this guy can play, play. Because in a way, I should have, like, got focused, but I didn't. So from that day forward, I played chess, like, I play every day, you know, because I'm like, oh, no, we've beaten him. So now we're, uh, we're out, we're, you know, we're at a job. We, we worked here. Actually, we, we actually, you have a job, you work. So we had a job, and we're playing chess. The kids are playing basketball, lifting weights out on the, on the yard. It was maximum security. And we're sitting at the desk by the phone. So we're playing. I got them. I, listen, I can play chess. I had them. I had this five possible moves he can make. I said, you make this move, got you. You make this move, I got you. You make this move, I got you. So I was sitting there and he kind of would play. I don't, think, I don't know if y'all know what speed chess is. Speed chess, they play in like West 4th Street, New York, where you, you make a move, you hit the clock. So you got to move on the clock. Well, we wasn't playing speed chess, but because me and we both were pretty decent, we was moving like this. Well, when I, when I got him, when I had him, he wasn't moving fast. He was sitting there, like, it looked like it took him forever to move. But I was sitting there going, whatever you do, checkmate, game's over. The phone rings. Now, now both of us knew something. You know this. You play chess. Don't answer the phone. But I'm a compliant guy. We, we're at the job. Somebody's got to answer the phone. So he's not budging. Why? Because he's about to lose to someone that's not a chess champion. So he's not looking at that phone. He's trying to figure out what to do. I go answer the phone. When I answer the phone, I come back to the game. I still knew the five moves, but I, I would have had to refocus to get the sequence. So I kind of just for a second, I said, man, whatever he does, I got him. So he makes a move. I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about the sequence. I was just like, well, I got him no matter what. I made a move. We kept on playing for maybe another 15 minutes. I lost the game by one move. Now, how does this line up to faithfulness? Faithfulness is you have to be focused all the time. You got to be locked in. Soon as you faint in your mind, you lose. You lose your reward. You lose what's perfect. We've done this in our life because we've gotten weary and well-doing, right? So we go, man, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. Probably nothing going to happen anyway. So I'm getting mine, whatever mine is in that moment. And we regret it because we said, why not just stay locked in? I had a momentum, right? There's a reward to faithfulness, staying locked in. You, we walk around and we, we, we feel so guilty because 
What? It wasn't even worth the moment, was it? See, somebody was honest to say nope. It wasn't, like, it was, I mean, all, we all could say it. It wasn't even really worth it. Right? Ain't that right, Chris? Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Right. All right, so let's look here. Let's look here. Second uh, Samuel 7. This is another recommended daily reading. Um, so I just try to get back up, back up on my some other things that I need to do for this next stage we're going into. Second Samuel 7. It's a wonderful chapter. All right, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but let's, let's uh, um, this, is, this is a, this is God's promise to David, and this is uh, David's prayer of appreciation. That's what the whole chapter is about. But let's lock in here on verse 9. All right, so this is after, David was like, you know what? I can't have, I can't have my house and God don't have a house. This is how he kind of opens up with this as he's talking in this chapter. So Nathan is rolling with him. So Nathan's like, come on, David, you've been faithful? He said, man, do whatever is on your heart to do. I'm sure God back, I've been watching you, man. God will back you. Go ahead, do whatever's on your heart to do. Well, that night, God comes to Nathan and says, hey, tell David this. And so God has something he wanted to tell David. And so, so verse 9, it says, and I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thy enemies Right? Okay, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I said, I, I started at verse 9. I would totally cheat what, I'm, what, you, what you need to get out of this if I don't start at verse maybe 7. Somebody said 4. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. The Katie passed that night. Uh, let's see. Uh, Okay, let's start at verse 7. It says, In all the, the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word uh, with any of the tribes of Israel who have either commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me a house of cedar? So he's saying, I've never even requested this, David, but you, you want to do this for me. And then verse 8, it says, Now, therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Look, I took thee from the sheep coat. Remember, he was with the sheep. From following the sheep, he said, I took you from the place where you were faithful, right? He says, to be a ruler over my people and over Israel. So where you were faithful in another man's, I took you to give you your own, right? You see that? And in verse 9, he says, and I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more, neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. Right? You see that? It says, and as since the time, as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will, he will make thee a house. So he says, I'm going to make you have a house too. So he's telling them based on his faithfulness how he's going to be rewarded. But he's not just going to be rewarded. The people following him is going to be rewarded. 
And his family's going to be so blessed, they're going to be blessed later. But he didn't just say blessed. He says, blessed where they can enjoy it because I'm going to shut down all the enemies that's been attacking you. And I'm going to shut down all the enemies that's been attacking them. And he says, in this place will be where you can rest, you can build, you can grow, you can flow. You won't have to keep running and moving. So he says, he said, this is my reward for faithfulness. This is, this is what he's telling them. All right, so if we, let me see. Well, verse 13, and he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So, so not only will he be rewarded, everybody after him will be rewarded. So, so, so do you understand what type of faithfulness that leaves you a legacy? That's different than, yeah, I remember, because, you know, there's presidents we don't even know about. Think about it. There's presidents you don't talk about. But if I said Washington, you know Washington. Lincoln, you know Lincoln. But there's presidents that, that was president, president of, the, president of the United States of America that you have no, if, I, if somebody said their name, you're like, that was a president? There's, there's a difference between achievement and legacy. And that's a different reward. Someone says, Gerard, I'm about to bless you. I'm shutting down all your enemies, right? I'm shutting down the enemies of the people that follow you. I'm shutting down the enemies of your family in the future, right? And what I'm establishing you is going to last forever. When you're gone, it's going to still be gone. We still talk about J.C. Penney. J.C. Penney been gone. They, like, I just saw a J.C. Penney commercial. I was like, they still. I was like, they still exist. But 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 I'm saying, but there's certain things that are legacies, and this is what he's telling him. All these kings, they was like, I'm a. They, they would they would appoint a king. The king would be appointed. We were appointed in the king after the after. Uh, David, your father. David was gone. You, did you see that? All right. So this, this is a reward of faithfulness. So some things that God wants to do in you cost more. That you don't see nobody in the Bible that went through what David went through. Who's to say you ain't David? <laughs> I don't want to be David. I don't know if David wanted to be David, but I'm sure David loved the fact that he he he, he was David and, and what he like. Think about taking care of the sheep, and ever all your other brothers are are winning, uh, action, achieving goals. You know, a top soldier, captain, uh, gained this victory in proximity to the castle. In in proximity, listen. When it was time to be selected, you know how you have people that are nominees for Emmys and stuff like that? And, they, you know, they, they like, you, you, know, you ever see a movie and it says, uh, former Emmy nominee? It doesn't say the person won. It just says you was a nominee or runner-up to, right? So, you know, say, so you, you understand how, like, so imagine they were appointing the next king and they select five people out of this room. Just the fact, why they select them? 
Why are they so special? His brothers was lined up to be the next king. So that, you know, all the other soldiers was probably, yo, yo, they, 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 was, they, they was thinking about selecting you. Like, you, you, you went? They called you? Oh, they called you for the draft? You was in New York? I seen you on TV? You might not have got selected. Or you might have got selected like 27th. But you were there. Right? The fifth round, whatever, you was drafted. There's people that don't get drafted at all. This is, David wasn't in that line. He was tending sheep while they, was, while they got the draft was going on. He didn't get called in New York. He wasn't in the, the, the like, he wasn't nowhere on the, on the radar. They weren't talking about him for weeks. He wasn't getting no NIL money. Name, image, and likeness. That's what the college kids are getting paid these days. Right? None of that. But he ended up not only being king, but a legacy. You see that? Suppose you're David. You ever think about that? Then it should be costing what it costs. Right? I said, you got to ask yourself, what's cheating us from our reward? And a lot of times it's incomplete brokenness. It's cheating us from our reward. We're not fully allowing our, because faithfulness breaks your will to release what's in your spirit. A lot of times it's incomplete brokenness. We're not staying in there until our will is broken. Because some of us, we hold it on to our will for dear life. Because we think it's a benefit to it. Do, you know, our way of doing things. Right? So, so really what's cheating, another thing that's cheating our reward is unfinished faithfulness in another man's. It's unfinished. We haven't really finished all right, we've been reading through numbers, and I, I, you know, I just loved, I love what we be reading through, and we were reading through Numbers 16 one day, and we was reading through Numbers 16. Uh, you know, remember they were they were uh, tripping on Moses. Remember the process where they was tripping on Moses. Those that are waking up in the morning and going through that, and. Um, Let's see, where, where do I want to read this? Uh, so number 16, uh, just for the sake of time, I'm going to read verses 7 and then verses 9 through 11. And it says, uh, number 16, I'm, I'm going to read numbers 15, 37 through 41 after that. But it says, uh, number, number 16, verses 7, 9 through 11, and then numbers 15, 37 through 41 just for what we're talking about. So this is, this is kind of giving us a process when God, because this is, this, this is when God was establishing faithfulness, right, through this process. Of course, he established some things through Abraham and stuff like that, but the children of Israel was always measured in a certain way. And it says, it said, uh, it says this, verse 7, it says, and put fire therein and put incense uh, in them before the Lord, uh, put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow, then it shall be that the man whom the Lord does choose 
he shall be holy. Right? And then this statement was made, and I have it all merged together, so I don't know what verses what versus what. But it says, ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. Uh, seemeth it a small thing unto you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and stand before the congregation to minister to them. And he has brought thee near to him and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee. And seek ye the priesthood also? It said, for which cause both thou and thy company are gathered together against the Lord. And what is Aaron that ye murmur against him? All right, so this is obviously when they murmured against Aaron. And so, so we know Aaron was what? The high priest. But they actually had a role, right? And they said, you think it's a small thing that you're giving this role? And so now you're, 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 you're at fault here because you're tripping because you don't have Aaron's role? All you have to do is be faithful in your role. God selected you for a role. Play your space. Play your part. Allow yourself to grow. Uh, we were talking to someone, uh, I won't get into the details, we were talking to someone we're close to, and they were talking about a man of God, you know, and they were sharing how the person was given a place. So let's say he was given something. Um, and he was, he was doing well in what he was given, but then he, he started seeing other people doing things. So it could be what Elevation is doing, what such and such is church is doing. So, so, so I want to, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm going to go and do what they're doing. Then, yeah, that didn't work. So he says, I'm going to go do what they're, they're doing over here. Well, that didn't work. Well, I'm going to go do what they're over there. So he was constantly doing all these things. Well, what he was given, nobody had. Now, it hadn't blown up yet, but what he gave, gave what he was given, nobody had. So all he had to do was build from that, 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 that space, be faithful from that space. So the person, as they were talking, they were talking about us, it was like, like God sent you guys to Charlotte. And then as they was talking, I was like, think about like God, like we're in Charlotte, but he put us in this space for a reason. And this is like in Charlotte, but like officially well, it's probably changed now because that the residents over there, like they stopped picking up our trash. Like Ty tell you that because you know, they were like, we're not in Charlotte. So we're like right on the outside, <laughs> right? They're probably going to include us now because they have residents across the street. But since we've been here, it's a whole residence across the street. They, just, they built eight houses on that corner right there, like right across the street from the church. But we didn't come here going, yeah, they're probably going to just build a bunch of, there was two creeks across the street. I was wondering how we was going to work this land with one creek. And so I asked the developer, I said, wasn't there two creeks over there? He said, I said, yeah. I said, so how did y'all, what did y'all do? He said, we just built over. So he put these huge cylinders called, I think, coverns or whatever, dropped them down. The water stills running underneath their property. And then they built on top of it. I said, whoa, what? Once he told me that, I said, oh, because I thought whenever we built, we would have to take that street over there and drive around 
to wherever the new property is going to be. I said, no, we can go right through the parking lot. And so when we walked the property, the guy told us, he said, you see this hill? We could take all this and put it down where that creek is. So, so even where the hill is, it would look, y- y'all haven't seen it, but our property is across the parking lot, but on the other side of the creek, right? So I said, oh, so I can't, you know, I, you know I'm a, a, a vision guy. I saw something different, but the thing is, what I saw from that conversation is just be, be faithful where we are. Be faithful where you're at. That's been the hardest part. So people miss out on their reward because they're trying to jump in. I was talking to my niece today. She says, you know, a lot of people, she says, as she grows and people mean well, a lot of people want to help me. So they say, well, well you should do this. Then they say, you should do that. She says, but I was like stressed and frustrated. Because of what everybody said I should do. You know, she's in her maybe third year, fourth year. She's graduating. This might be her last year. This is her last year. And so, so she said, she says, well, Uncle Keith, what I realize is why don't I do what I like to do? And I can roll better with that. And she says, so now I'm doing it's not what everybody, all the people telling me I should do, but I'm, I'm excelling at what I do, and I'm not, I'm at peace. So what she decided to do, I'm going to be faithful in what God gave me. This is the conversation we had. I said, oh, I feel you, because I had those conversations when I was your age too. And I started saying, you know what? I can do all of what they're telling me to do, but if, I, if it don't work, I'm going to be mad at them for doing what they said. Let me just be mad at me for doing what God has designed me to do. Of course, I had to find out what God designed me to do. Right? Be faithful in the space and the place you're at. Right? Be faithful in the... All right, so uh, Genesis 15, 37 through, through 41. Let me go through this real quick. It says, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes. Y'all remember we read through this. uh, In the border of their garments throughout their generation, and that they put upon the fringe of the border a ribband of blue. And there shall be unto you a fringe that you may look upon it and remember, key thing here, all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes after which ye used to go a whoring, that ye remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto the Lord. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of bondage, to be your God. I am the Lord your God. What was he saying? He says, stop going a whoring after you, what you want to do. Be obedient to what I gave you to do and be faithful with that. See, the commandments are not grievous because all God's commands leads us into what he purposed us to do. But we're looking at, ah, here we go. Here we go again. I got to do this. Ah, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, all those things are honing us back into that narrow way to God's will. Right? And, And so I was thinking about this. I was like, why do we run from what we don't have in the kingdom to somewhere else in the body of Christ? Versus drawing it from the body by going deeper in God. 
See, a lot of times when I show up and something's missing, I have what's in me to produce it. All I got to do is, is, it's challenging me to go deeper in God to manifest it. So as I, you know, as I was coming up in church, these are some of the stages. My wife would tell you, like, there was stuff that we didn't do. I just went deeper in God, and the Lord gave us wisdom to do it. And so things were implemented. There was different programs started based on the need. Not, so I didn't have to go nowhere. I had to plant where I was. I had to be faithful where I was. So that's the thing, right? When God saw darkness, he spoke light. He didn't go looking for it. So based on a lot of our model, when we don't see something, we go looking for it. But if we're made in his image and after his likeness, we've been designed to create, to manifest. So we're going to look for something that's in us. God saw darkness and he never spoke anything about what he saw. Didn't complain. He didn't magnify it. He spoke what he desired. He, he spoke into existence what was needed. Light. We're designed this way. But we're constantly running around instead of running inside. Going deeper. Was it deeper? <laughs> This can't be it. God is so much better than this, right? That's my favorite part of the song. I don't know the whole thing, but I know that part. Right? What'd you say? God has so much more than it. Mm. Deeper. <laughs> right? See, you know, we're talking about this on Sunday, but if you're looking for something at church, why not have the courage to create it? Instead of running around looking for what God has purposed you to start, build, and grow within the Bible, within the body. So why can't we pioneer? You, you know, like, so, so we're, we pastor a church. So, so obviously we have the, God has gifted us to, to be pastors. Right? That's what he called us to do. You know, they hire people to pastor all the time. LinkedIn's always sending stuff for people to pastor. Right? I'm not going, we're not going nowhere to pastor. We're going to pastor from where we at. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and we were, I'm not, we're not just saying this, we were in this position. God sent us someplace to pastor. There wasn't nobody. It's just me and her. There was no, there was, we can't, it's me and Pastor Melvin. Got tired of leasing. We, like, like, we got to get to a place where we're full of faith. We believe from where we at. That's why we don't experience rewards. See, to keep running, you don't need God if somebody's already doing something that God gave you to do. You don't need faith. That's why people, when God gives them an idea, they run around looking for partners because they don't believe. So, so, so they, then they attach to somebody and they go, they hear what they, with, the, with their ideas and they go, man, 
That's sweet. I never seen that. But they have the confidence maybe to sell it. But they're milking what, what God gave you. God didn't tell you to partner with that person. You see what I'm saying? It was hard for people to just go deep. The scripture says this, having a readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. See, so God is, is, is challenging us, to, as 2 Corinthians 10, 6, God is challenging us to stay locked in. See, we miss our opportunities to complete our faithfulness because of blindness. That blindness facilitates pride. And once we get prideful, can't nobody tell us nothing. Now we start operating, I'm going to do this just because you're challenging me to do something that I have to actually value your wisdom for. If I just do, if I, if I, if I break out of that, and, you know, I remember I used to just do stuff just because somebody told, I used to do the opposite because somebody told me to do stuff. How about just being obedient? And, and, and so how do we get into this blindness? We fall to blindness when authority is in oneself. When authority now is not in God, it's not in delegated authority. Authority is in oneself. That's when we fall to blindness. And so when we fall to blindness, we actually leave the table of faithfulness too soon. And that's the thing is you got to watch, watch leaving the table of, of before the faithfulness surgery is complete. You have to watch leaving the table before the faithfulness surgery is complete. You have to watch leaving the table before the faithfulness surgery is complete. What? You have to watch leaving the table before the faithfulness surgery is, is complete. And, and this is, we're in good company because you you'll see throughout the scripture how people just aborted faithfulness. Let's look here in John chapter 6. This is how we don't want to be. All right, so, you know, through this, through this passage is, uh, you know, you have, you know, Jesus is telling them, all right, so, so John chapter 6 opens up with Jesus feeding the 5,000, right? It was not talk, it's talking about the men. It's not talking about the women and children, so it's more than 5,000 people, right? Uh, as you keep going on, Jesus walks on water, right? So he feeds 5,000. That's a miracle, right? And then he walks on water. Then he starts to break down to them that he's the bread of life, right? So now he gets deep. This is good. See, so even as leaders, there's stages to leading people. So there's stages where everybody don't, is not going to see the supernatural, understand the supernatural. They're not even, honestly, they're going to take you for granted. They don't even see the gifts that's on your life. Just keeping it. I'm, I'm telling you as a leader, you know, because, you know, you know especially you, you first starting stuff. So you... You're almost playing Clark Clint Kent for a long time because people can't handle Superman, right? And so what you do is you, you walk people through stuff. So that's Jesus. So Jesus is doing some things where they go, hold on, something different about him. So feed the 5,000, it's like, maybe he is special. But, you know, you see it and you be like, that could have been a fluke, right? 
walks on water, be like, whoa, hold on a second. We're not just dealing with the average guy here. He's walking on water. But something else happens, you, you, you slip. But now he's in a position because you done saw the signs, wonders, and miracles. So now he's at a point where he really, he really needed to do it. He wished he could have done it sooner, but they wouldn't have been able to take it. Because remember when he was telling them, I'm, I'm here for my father. Man, who do you think you are? Right? So he's telling them a lot of stuff, but yeah, right. Now when you see the miracles, hold on a second. We might have something here with this guy. So now Jesus breaks down, I'm the bread of life. So now he's talking to them in his normal language. He's talking to them from the place that he's at. So, so he wasn't, you know, he was trying to meet them where they were at. He's like, no, 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 time to bring you up. See, this is the thing about life. Even, you know, when I work with youth ministry, you know, when I first started working with youth ministry, of course I want to relate to them, so I did things to relate to them. I woke up one morning and the guy said, we're doing, we doing this different today. This is, we're shifting the youth ministry from t- like at this point, meaning that they're ready for something different. He said, show up in a suit. So I had, you know, I had this brown suit on. I had these bone shoes. Don't make a difference with the color is, but I'm saying, but I showed up and it wasn't, I normally would just wear a sweatsuit. And, and when I taught the message, I said, I know y'all wondering why I have a suit on. I said, because most people, when they minister to youth, they try to come down to their level to show them, hey, I can relate. I'm cool too. But the youth aren't going to be youth their whole life. You're preparing them for what? Where they're going. So I said, today I'm representing where you're going. You got enough people trying to soothe you where you're at. This is what Jesus was doing when he started saying, I'm the bread of life. He said, now I'm going to talk to you in the language of where you are going. That's what we're doing right now. Right? Because it, it comes a time where we can't just keep playing games. We can't keep spoon feeding. Like we got to start walking in the spirit, not just talking about walking in the spirit. Right? We got to walk in the spirit. We just can't say, Pastor, you better be anointed today, brother, because I had a long week. No, we got to come in anointed and the power of God shaking up the building where the people that had a long week come through the door. That's how, that's the shift. But it takes faithfulness to stay in place. Imagine if everybody just keep jumping in and out of place. We never are in the place at the same time creating the atmosphere that God wants. Because people are in and out of the spirit. Ah, after fast week, I'm in, I'm in the spirit. I'm in the spirit during fast week. First week after fast week. Then after that, I'm just going to be in the flesh. I'm going to sing in the flesh. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do production in the flesh. I'm going to usher in the flesh. You know, everything I do... You know, it's like, ah, you know, but when fast we come, you can count on me. I'll be in the spirit. No, we got to live in the spirit. That's what faithfulness is, right? Right? Do you see what I'm saying? All right, so, uh, what else? so, so I, I was supposed to be giving the backdrop. So he's saying um, at the Feast of Tabernacles, he's saying, I'm, 
I'm uh, the bread of life. But then it's kind of like people wondering who he is, right? And, you know, and, you know, this is around the time when people were sent to uh, arrest Jesus and things of that nature. But, uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I don't went over to, to, to uh, chapter 7. Let me stay in chapter 6. Verse 66. It says, so now Jesus, Jesus, well, I guess I have to start up. I'll start at verse 60. Uh, many there, uh, it says, many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? So, so this is when Jesus says, I'm the bread of life that's come down from heaven. And they said, this is, man, this is, that's, this is pretty deep. Who can even process this, right? And so then he, uh, verse 61, he says, and when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, does this offend you? So now he's shifting things. See, see if the man of God, if I said something like that, see, their pastor coming at me crazy. But the piece is a shift. He's like, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Okay, I see quite a few people around here offended. Y'all rolling with me. You offended too? Right? Then 62, it says, what and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. He says, it, 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 says, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So now he's representing now. When I speak to you, it's spirit and life. 64. But there are some of you that believe not. So now he's walking in gifts too. I'm discerning. I just told you. I showed you already. Now I told you because you, you're figuring, you're trying to guess if, if it's legit. I just told you it was. And some of you still don't believe. Now, now you know some people are going to get offended with that, what you're trying to say. So you already got some people offended because, oh, so you're trying to say you God now. Now you're trying to say we don't believe. What you're trying to say? I just said it. He said some of y'all don't believe, right? The scripture does say that, right? This is for Jesus knew from the beginning, who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. So that means Jesus was walking with them the whole time and never told them he knew. Yeah, I'm sure y'all seen that before. <laughs> right? Right? I'm in good company here. I learned from the best. 65. And he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it was given to him of the Father. Right? Look at 66. Now we're talking signs, wonders, miracles, fully representing the anointing. From that time, many of his, who? His disciples. Did it say sinners? It said other people. Strangers. No, it says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with them. They aborted their faithfulness. Jesus here, good company here. Do you understand? Some people will walk away. It's just a part of the, the, how it is. Everybody don't believe. It doesn't mean Jesus, oh, so Jesus really ain't that, that tight of a preacher, Lou. Look, people walked away. If he was all that, why they walk away? Because some people don't believe no matter what you tell them. Signs, wonders, miracles, and fully representing, using gifts of discernment, using the words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and everything. It says, walked no more with them. Aborted their reward. Right? Did you see that? 
you know, one version said, many followed him no more and went back to their old associations. Where have we seen that before? All right, let's go to Acts, Acts 20, 28. See, this is a, such an exciting message, Gerard. <laughs> Faithfulness, I love it. Tell me more. Tell me more, Pastor. All right, so Acts uh, 28, 24. Acts, for the sake of time, I'm going to start reading it. Please write it down or you'll see it on the video later. It says, look. It says, so this is, this is, you know, this is Paul talking. They arrive at Rome. Some things are broken down. Uh, you know, he's, 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 he's sharing some things. Uh, let me see where I can start here. I said 24, but let's see. I'm going to see how 22 plays out. Uh, start at verse 22. It says, but we desire to hear, thee, hear of thee what thou thinkest. For as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. You know, this is talking about the people believing. It says, and when they had appointed him a day, uh, there came many to him into his lodging. So they had heard, so he's in Rome, and they was hearing about the believers, and they was like, well, we heard about these people, so we want to hear, maybe we're going to get some detail from you. So they appointed him a day for him to, to talk. So they came to him in lodging. It says, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, so he's breaking down the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets from morning till evening. So he's breaking down the present time, the past time, and in the in-between time. From morning to evening, he's breaking down. So if everything was a mystery about why everybody is now following Jesus and you see the signs and wonders and gifts flowing, I'm clearing it all up now, all right? Verse 24, and some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word, well spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, go unto this people and, and say, hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, seeing you shall see and not perceive. It says, for the heart of this people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have, have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. And this is him repeating Isaiah. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and that uh, they... We'll hear it. So it's saying at this point, you guys don't want to receive, so we're going to get a message to the Gentiles, and they're going to receive it. Verse 29, and when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had great reason reasoning among themselves. So at the beginning, some believed and some believed not, but after he broke it down, it says they departed. They just left. And this is what happens, like, like some believe and some believe not. But the people that believe receive the reward. The people that don't won't receive. Remember, if you're faithful in the least, you're going to be faithful in the much. If you believe in the least, you're going to believe with the much. Your belief ain't going to change. 
If you don't believe with the least, you're not going to believe with the much. So stop looking for it. Right? This is what this, see, some, some will leave, some will leave not. Some will transition, some will reposition. Some will extend, some will plant, some will remain. But as Pastor Mel was saying earlier this week, second uh, Peter 3.9, but God is not slack concerning his promises for those that believe. Second Peter 3.9. See, the Bible says this in 1 first, first, first Corinthians 10. It says, it says, there is no temptation taking you but such is common to man. So whatever test you're dealing with that's challenging your faithfulness is common to man. It says, but God is faithful. With the temptation, he'll make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. So whatever is coming at us that's trying to tempt us to not believe, to give up on our faithfulness, to lose our reward, right? It says God is faithful. He'll make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it, right? That's why the Bible says he'll work in you to will and do his good pleasure. But, I, but, I, but I, you know... You know, we were supposed to talk about the self-test and some other stuff today, uh, but I, uh, <laughs> that was deep, it would just happen. Um, but the Lord wanted me to focus on that because we're, we're, we're crossing over into some things. And the thing is, like, there's a reward for faithfulness. Now you've got to ask yourself, have you, have you ever been faithful? Hold on. In the midst of tests and trials. Because do you need faithfulness when everything's going your way? Like when does faithfulness really kick in? Or when will it really be measured? How was David's faithfulness measured? How was Elijah's faithfulness measured? How was Jesus' faithfulness measured? So we're talking about Jesus Christ persecuted, uh, whipped, beat, broken, nailed on a cross. But regardless of the circumstances, he remained faithful. Look at his reward. So remember we talked about earlier the legacy. So because of the level, the degree of faithfulness was the degree of the reward. All power in heaven and earth. Sitting on the right hand of the Father. Look at the degree of David's faithfulness, what he endured. Even when he was supposed to have a kingdom, he still served sheep. He got anointed and went out and, and, and tended sheep. And some of us would have never done that. We'd have been like, listen, that king was supposed to be mine, man. We'd have been, we would have, we, instead of being faithful in the menial sheep job that we called it, we would have been not benefiting from that faithfulness, we would be causing our family to crumble because we kept putting applications to get a job at the kingdom. And every time somebody come to you, you know, hey, I'm just walking by faith, man, believing for a job as a king, man, you know, because I had a vision that I was supposed to be, you know, a king. And seven, eight years go by, we're hovering around the kingdom, still don't have a king's job because we couldn't be faithful in what we were doing. Do you know the scripture says this? It says, it says when you're called, abide faithful where you're at. 
in uh, as, 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 as 1 Corinthians 7 or 2 Corinthians 7, but it says, I know it's 7, I believe, verses 20 to 24. But so it's saying, even when you're, you recognize what you're called to do, you don't, so if you're at McDonald's and you're called to the NBA, you don't leave the McDonald's job that day. You're faithful knowing that God is going to elevate you however, whatever it takes for him to do, whatever mountains you have to do. If you have to bring an NBA coach in there and see you shooting baskets inside the garbage can, whatever it takes, it says abide faithful where you are. So it's talking about transition into what God purposed you to do. We'll abort that and we're going, all I know is I'm supposed to be king. That's not what David did. He not only did that, he was serving meals to the, to the guys that, that, that was fighting and knew he could fight. He, he didn't go up there to fight. He went up there to serve meals. Now he's out there on the front line and could die. Some of us ain't going nowhere near the front line. On the front line could die when he was anointed to be the next king. Then when it's time for him to get a king, he gets one tribe. Some of us will be going to court for the other 11 tribes. We will get caught up in court 25 years, lose all of our money because we know, all I know is I have rights to be the next king. Instead of going, oh, I'm only in one tribe? It ain't on me, guys. Just going to make sure I have what I'm supposed to have. I'll be faithful with this one tribe. He was with that one tribe for seven years. See, see that what I'm saying? We done lost the major key for reward. Faithfulness. Be faithful where we're at. Like, go and research all these great people. They were faithful where they were. Oh, they're an innovator, this, that, and the other. How, why were they innovating? Why didn't they run somewhere else? Like, so, so we, got, we got to shift back to faithfulness. Man, learn from David and some of these people that was faithful. Elijah, learn from these people. Joshua, we read through Joshua now, right? Joshua was faithful. All these people rebelling, Joshua had more rights to probably take over than anybody. But you ain't hear Joshua rebelling with Cor and all them. No, I'm good, man. And it never says, man, when is my turn? God tells Moses it's Joshua's turn. Joshua ain't even there because Joshua was what? Faithful in another man's. God gave him his own. It's right there in the Bible. How do we see some believe and some believe not? I'm standing here with the opportunity to serve y'all. I was faithful at a church for 18 years. She was faithful at the church for 18 years. Faithful. You can interview anybody in the building unless they on some type of crack. And I know what I just said. Like, nobody would ever tell you I was jockeying for a position. I was pushing a position. I was complaining about my position. Man, when am I going to get such and such? 
when I was not mentioned and I knew I could do it. I'm not David. I'm in rooms with ministers for ministry. Everybody's talked about but me. I didn't. So what? What God has, God has. Even when I knew I was called, I didn't go, hold on a second, man. We're going to have to change this meeting up because somebody needs to say something about me. Some of the people I helped their positioning. When they was falling, oh, oh, you don't want to do that? You want to do this? Then they get some shine. I'm like, he didn't even know what he was doing. But you know what? Fine. Because promotion comes from God and I knew it. So I can just be faithful where I'm at. Like, 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 like we're we going to need this because the more opportunities start to creep in, the more people can start to get nervous. You know, like, oh, hold on a second. Yeah, before there was only two spots. Now there's a lot of spots. And now everybody watching. Well, nobody watching before. Now there's more people. Oh, hold on. I, I got to be seen, man. I got to be seen. You know, don't, don't forget it. Man, stop. You got to be, you got to, you got to curve those emotions. Man, you know, before I had like seven dudes to choose from. Now it's like quite a few more dudes. I need somebody to see me. Stop. You going to marry seven people? No. Be faithful. You got to trust God. When I, I met that woman, I had to be faithful for God to reel it in, I couldn't just put my hands on stuff. Be faith. Obviously, everybody does things a different way. So, so that's me being a little emotional. I'm not telling you to be me. What I'm saying is the root of it is be faithful. So that's not, we're going to apply the faithfulness differently. But the root is faithfulness. Right? That's it. We all got to be faithful. I don't care what position you're in. Just keep, get out the, look bad. Let them overlook you. Let them forget about you. Do you understand what, what type of strength you're forging, character you're forging, and what your reward is because they overlooked you? God be showing up going, oh, they, oh you got overlooked? The Bible says I'll give you a double for your shame in Isaiah 60. Right? What? Oh, oh, oh they, 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 they done forgot about you? I ain't forgot about you. Oh, it's just going to get better, 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 bigger, better, because they, they forgot. Whatever. That's how God's working. All right, that's all. Don't know where that came from, but.